You're listening to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast, episode number 132. We'll be talking about stress and anxiety and how to lower the cortisol levels in your body so you have less stress and anxiety and so you can sleep better. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast, stories of vibrant women living happy lives. And now your host, Jen Riday. Hey there, what's happening? Welcome back to Vibrant Happy Women. I'm Jen Riday. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. How is it going? How are you doing? You know, the kids are back in school. It is October. That means maybe you're starting to feel a little more balanced. And fall is here in the U.S. That's kind of fun. The leaves are falling. I'm thinking about pumpkins, pulling out my Halloween decorations. How about you? I just want to thank you for tuning in and making your happiness and your high vibe life a priority. Sometimes we get stuck in feelings of burnout and overwhelm and exhaustion, and we don't feel like we get to choose what we're doing. But I want to remind you that we can consciously choose our life. We can consciously choose what we're going to do. Maybe that includes letting go of having too much stuff, or maybe that means saying no to all those opportunities that want to fill up your calendar. Maybe it means you're not going to clean all the house anymore and you're going to let your spouse and kids figure it out. Whatever it is, I am here to support you and I want to celebrate all of the effort you're putting in. Well done. You rock. Well, we have another great episode today and I'm bringing on Stephanie D'Alfonso and we're going to talk about how to reduce stress and anxiety in your life and how there is a relationship between cell phone use, smartphone use, and teenage and young college adult anxiety. It's kind of getting crazy. So we're going to talk about all of those things, how you can model being less anxious for your kids and how it's going to make a difference down the line. I'm so excited to talk about that today. I want to give a shout out to Danielle Mendoza, who left our review of the week. She wrote, I found Jen during a dark time in my life. I searched on my podcast app for happiness because that's what I needed more of. Vibrant Happy Women did not disappoint. The stories of real women overcoming struggles, sometimes similar to my own, are so empowering. And my experience with the Vibrant Happy Women Club small groups has given me a way to work through the muck of life with other women who are in the thick of it too. As I strive to break free from depression, anxiety, and overwhelm toward higher vibrational living, I am so grateful for the tools and insights Jen has led me to throughout 2018. If someone told me last January that by August, I would be spending 16 plus hours a week on self-love and care, homeschooling my kids, spending quality time with my husband, rescuing kittens, and creating a successful purpose-driven business all at the same time, I would have scoffed at the insanity. But I'm here doing it, creating the life I want to live with the heart filled with gratitude and love, moving through life with a deepened inner peace. My husband has noticed it, my kids have noticed it, and it's starting to rub off on them, which is an amazing feeling to know I've given them that gift, all because Jen and Vibrant Happy Women gave it to me. From my soul to yours, thank you. Danielle, my friend, thank you for leaving that review. Thank you for those kind words. You know, My life has been hectic and busy with my own kids this past few months, but it means a lot to be reminded that what this podcast is all about is making a difference. 
Danielle, I want to give you a little bit of advice back, and that is this. Remember, you can never be abandoned if you hold on to yourself. And all of the vibrant, happy women are here to lift you up. For everyone else listening, if you would like to leave a review and share your thoughts about how Vibrant Happy Women has changed your life, I would love to read them. I read every single review. You can leave yours by going to jenriday.com forward slash iTunes, I-T-U-N-E-S. Well, anyway, we're going to be talking a lot about stress and anxiety in this episode. And this matters to you because I know you don't want to feel overwhelmed and stressed all the time because then you're more likely to snap at your kids or your spouse. You don't feel balanced. So how do we bring it down? Well, my guest on this episode, Stephanie Delfonso, shares some great strategies. In fact, she wrote an entire book about all of these strategies, which you can hear about in the episode. But she also shares several of her favorite stress and anxiety reduction strategies right here in this interview. Let me tell you a little bit more about Stephanie. Stephanie's first career was as a DJ in the 80s and early 90s. And after her last radio job, her anxiety kicked into overdrive and led her into full-blown insomnia. So she began researching and studying everything about anxiety. And now 20 years later, she is an anxiety expert, a hypnotist, a yoga and meditation teacher, speaker, and she's written this great book, Goodbye Anxiety, Hello Freedom. And so you're going to love this episode. Everyone can benefit, even if you don't feel like you're diagnosed with anxiety. We all have stress levels that can be lowered so we can feel more calm and peaceful in our lives. In this episode, you're going to learn some strategies to bring that stress and anxiety down, how social media and internet use is causing a huge increase in anxiety levels for teens and young college adults, an easy way to start a meditation practice without having to meditate 20 minutes every morning and night, something more doable, and why it's critical that we consciously choose our thoughts and our life right now not being victims of our circumstances, but making an empowered choice for how we actually want to feel and much, much more. So without further ado, I would love to dive into this episode with you and we'll go ahead and jump right in. My guest today is Stephanie D'Alfonso and she empowers women to say goodbye anxiety, hello freedom. Her first career was as Stevie Knox, a popular radio DJ during the 80s and early 90s. And after her last radio job, her anxiety kicked into overdrive and became full-blown insomnia. Stephanie began researching holistic, natural, and scientifically proven approaches to anxiety. And now over 20 years later, Stephanie is an anxiety expert, speaker, clinical hypnotist, and yoga and meditation teacher. Those are all really great things for dealing with anxiety. So I'm really excited to talk about those. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you, Jen. I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with you. Thanks for being here. And let's start off with a favorite quote you want to share with us today. Okay, I have to stretch it and share two because Mm -hmm. they go hand in hand. The first is bloom where you're planted. Hmm. And the second one is from Abraham Lincoln. Most folks are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. Ah. And I, I see them as going together, you know, so hand in hand, because, you know, bloom where you're planted, we can't control what's going on around us, right? But what we can control is whether we react or respond to things. And most of us are in react mode where it's, you know, ah, ah. and so, okay, 
I choose. I live like conscious choice. So that's why I had to really get both of those quotes in there. Mm. Yeah, choosing it. Bloom where you're planted. Be as happy as you want to make up your mind to be. Well, take us back to that low point. I mean, you're on the probably flying high as Stevie Knox, the DJ, super popular, and then you get anxiety. Oh my gosh, what happened? Tell us about it. Well, and it's interesting because I didn't get the anxiety. I had this awakening, this, you know, it was definitely a low point where I didn't realize I'd been struggling with anxiety my entire life. Really? But my low point, yeah, my low point was... My last radio job was doing the morning show. So my kids were young. My son was still in diapers. I was getting up at 3.30 in the morning. You know, this insomnia just took over my life. And I found myself smashing a bag of Cheetos in my kitchen with my two small kids. Mommy, please stop. Because that, you know, junk food was like such a special treat. And it was just because I had lost control. You know, I had no sleep and Anybody who's ever dealt with insomnia, like, you know, oh my gosh, it's just, you can't function. And so here I am, smash, smash, smash on this bag of Cheetos. And I did what most people do. I went to the doctor and got a prescription and it worked for a short time and then it stopped. And that was like, oh my gosh, it just was even worse because now it was, what if I, what if I take the pill and it doesn't work? And oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And so that's when I was like, okay. I have to find a way out of this. And, you know, the doctor was like, well, yeah, insomnia, it's, you know, hand in hand with anxiety. I didn't know that. This constant current of running in the background was all I ever knew. And so I didn't know that this wasn't quote unquote normal. So this was in 1995. And if you think about, you know, where we were with the internet, that was like the beginning of the internet. There was no Google. So, you know, my research was buying magazines and books and going to the library to try and find, you know, how can I start living life the way I want it to? Because I was not living life the way I wanted to, you know, when I'm smashing a bag of Cheetos into oblivion. You know, most of us wouldn't, you know, hold that up as a badge of honor, right, you know? Right. But when you don't have that sleep, it was really like it was hard to function. And then when I started realizing, oh boy, you know, I can experience peace. I can experience life without that constant, you know, current in the background. That was heaven. Mm -hmm. So you were getting up super early, I suppose. Were you a morning DJ? The last job I did was as a morning DJ. So, you know, that's why I was getting up in the middle of the night. And I can remember we lived out in Oregon at the time. And I can, you know, I had to try and go to bed early, which was very difficult. Mm -hmm. And out in Oregon, it gets light, it gets dark later than it does. I live on the East Coast now. So, you know, it wouldn't get dark till like 9, 30, 10 o'clock during mm -hmm. the summers. And, you know, how silly, you know, neighborhood kids, how dare they? They were outside in the cul-de-sac playing and I'm yelling at them to be quiet because I'm trying to sleep. You know, and like I look back on that now, it's like, oh my gosh, you know. I just was desperate for any kind of sleep that I could get. Yeah. So what happened? I mean, you're not sleeping. You try this pill. It didn't work for long. What happened next? So I totally believe in God incidents, not coincidence. Mm -hmm. That things happen, you know, for a reason. And again, it was the mid 90s. You know, think about it, it was cutting edge technology. 
to be on a teleclass, you know, on the corded telephone. And <laughs> and I'm on this, right, right. Here we are doing this podcast, you know, over the internet. Mm-hmm. And back then we still had the corded phones. And, you know, it was like, whoa, I'm on this, this teleclass. And this Stanford trained engineer, so he's, you know, a real brainiac, is talking about this new technique that he's come up with called emotional freedom techniques. Now, a lot of people call it tapping. And it's like acupuncture without needles. And it was absolutely a lifesaver for me because it helped me learn how to sleep again. And then Gary Craig, who was the founder, has always said, try it on everything. And so I did. So Oh, you know, I started being able to calm myself down. You know, when things would start getting, you know, I would do this tapping and it would start calming things down. So now I'm a stay at home mom. I have discovered this incredible, amazing self help technique and I'm telling people about it and their eyes are glazing over. They're like, okay, Steph, you know, and people (laughs) like just thought I was absolutely crazy, but it worked. And so, Once I started down that path and I found something that worked, it was like, well, what else is there out there? And so, you know, one thing has led to another and to another and to another. And the more ways that I find there are to, you know, to be able to regulate your emotions, to help yourself create life the way you want it to, the more I find out, you know, they're out there. That's why in my book, I have 35 different strategies and techniques because one size doesn't fit all. So I had a hypnosis practice for 10 years and I would always teach the tapping to clients. And I had a handful of clients over the years who, you know, weren't into the tapping or felt like it didn't work for them. So if that's all I had for them, I wasn't going to be able to help them. And, you know, whether it's with my clients or even in my own life, I don't do just one thing to be able to live this vibrant, happy life that I want. I'm constantly, you know, I practice yoga, you know, not every day, but, you know, I'd say average four or five times a week. I'm doing a yoga practice at a studio. I'm doing meditation and gratitude and essential oils. So I'm doing all of these different things because, again, I don't believe that one size fits all. And I know for me, the tapping was, you know, it was life-saving for me. And yet I started to learn there were so many other ways as well. Well, for those who don't know about EFT tapping, I've heard tons about it and I've done it. Just give us a quick rundown of what that is. So people are thinking, what is that? (laughs) Yeah. So it is like acupuncture without needles. And acupuncture obviously works because it's been around for thousands of years. But with the acupuncture, you need to call the acupuncturist and make an appointment and then drive across town to get there. In the moment, that doesn't help you. But when you can tap on these specific tapping points, and you can just do a Google search of EFT, and if you put EFT in my name in, you'll find there's videos and podcasts I've done about how to do the EFT where the points are. And so say you're really stressed or anxious about something, then you're tapping saying, you know, even though I have this stress or even though I have this anxiety, whatever, I completely accept myself and choose to let it go. And then you're tapping different points There's a sequence, but you know, it's, you don't like, if you miss a point in the sequence, it doesn't mean it's not going to work. It just means you missed a point in the sequence. Each of these points is correlated to different specific emotions. And so the beauty of EFT, emotional freedom techniques or tapping is you can tap these points. It doesn't matter what the issue is. You tap these points, you're going to get relief. 
it is absolutely astounding. There's a woman I'm working with now who is in the lead in a uh, theater performance, which is opening in a couple of nights. And, you know, we took her her uh, about, you know, opening night from like an eight down to a zero just through doing this tapping. And so it's something that I can do with her and then she can take it and make it her own and she can do it on her own. So there are tapping scripts, just like there are hypnosis scripts, and I don't advise those because it's a you know, one-size-fits-all approach. And everybody, like with anxiety, everybody experiences it differently. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right? Yeah. So you know, when you're doing it on your own and you're talking about you know, the in-the-moment issues, that's great. And yet when you want to get into like the real you know, healing levels, You really need to have somebody experienced to guide you through that, to help you through that. Because, you know, I go, I have gone to so many different healers and coaches and, you know, over the years because I can't work on my own stuff. Right, right. So backing up, Stephanie, you said you never knew you had anxiety. So how did you not know, you know, and maybe there's others listening who don't really realize they have anxiety. So tell us more about identifying that. Yeah. And I would venture to say that there are definitely people listening that are like, oh, maybe I do have this and I didn't know it because it's what you know, right? I have seen this so many times now that many times anxious parents create anxious kids, right? Mm -hmm. So my mother was incredibly, incredibly anxious and, you know, she was wound tighter than I think anybody I've ever known. And so this is what I knew. I didn't know that you could have, you know, peace and calm and, you know, like happiness more than just like, you know, little glimpses here and there. And so when that's all you know, when you don't know another way, you know, again, this client that I just mentioned, she's spent so much time with the, you know, the what ifs, the what ifs, the what ifs. Seth Godin had a great quote about anxiety saying that he defines anxiety as experiencing failure in advance. So with, you know, with this client, you know, she was experiencing failure. She was experiencing that she was going to mess up on opening night in advance. And then unfortunately, many times that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So for me as the radio DJ, you know, I always felt like it was, you know, I was never good enough. You know, I would could listen back to what I assume they still do it these days. But back in those days, we would sit down with the program director and they would have a recording where they weren't recording the songs. It was just every time the mic was live. And so you'd sit down with your program director and they would say, you know, here you're, you know, not doing the best job here and you could do this better. And of course, I was only hearing that, you know, how bad I was, how I I messed up and all of that. And so when I started to understand that this was like my modus operandi, that was like my habituated pattern was of, you know, oh my gosh, what if I mess up? What if I mess up? Well, that's, you know, that's living in the future instead of coming into the present moment. Mm -hmm. And I know that you're also really into yoga. So much of what I've learned is through yoga and meditation is about coming into the present moment. Mm-hmm. Being mindful, you know? not in the past, not the future. Right. Right. And that's not always easy. It was certainly not easy for me at the beginning when, you know, I was spending so much time. What if, what if, what if I could, what if with the best of them. So 
when I started to learn, okay, come into the present moment, one of the greatest gifts that my yoga mentor ever gave me was when I said, you know, about meditation, I was like, well, you know, when do you know you finally have it? She said, you're just looking for eight seconds of bliss. Mm -hmm. I was like, I liked that. Eight seconds. I think I can do eight seconds. I know I, I can't do 20 minutes, but I might be able to do eight seconds. And that was just like gave me such a relief. And so, you know, for anybody who's listening, who has that what if, what if mind or has, you know, the experience of having a rough time meditating or, you know, if you go to a yoga class and at the end, Shavasana, for many people, that is the hardest pose because our physical bodies slow down and our minds, woo, off to the races. But if you imagine that mind going off to the races as a two-year-old, the two-year-old starts running away. You just gently say, oh, come on back, come on back. And so as your mind starts, you know, pa, 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 and just, oh, okay, I notice you. And then come back to your breath and come back into the present moment. Yes. And I feel like with social media these days, we are, I don't know, maybe not increasingly, but a lot of us are not living in the present moment at all. We're living in a virtual moment that looks good from our friend's house, you know? And so I just feel like anxiety is on the rise. I believe with teenagers, it's up four times what it used to be at one time. It's significantly higher. Yeah, it's absolutely. We're experiencing crisis levels with our teens and young adults. There was a study a year ago of 63,000 college students. Mm -hmm. 61% of them said they had felt overwhelming anxiety in the past 12 months. That's crazy. And this is where, you know, I'm certainly going to date myself now that when my daughter, who's 29 now, when she was four years old, the neighbor boy down the street, the little six-year-old boy, had one of the very first handheld video games. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, that's not good. I think there's something not right about that. And then I saw the advent of First, there was like live journal in MySpace where the kids were online. And, you know, my daughter's friends called me stalker mom because I was making sure to look at what she and her friends were putting because they're putting their lives out online. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is not good. And now I see you go out to a restaurant and you see a young family at the table and mom and dad are looking at their phones. They have a little tablet with a movie playing for the baby in the high chair and the toddler next to them. And, you know, I I think the pendulum at some point needs to start coming back because I do see a direct correlation between all the technology and the incredible crisis levels of stress, anxiety, and depression in our kids. Mm -hmm. I see it too. And I, I kind of get the sense the pendulum has just started to swing back this year. Just my sense from things I see online and how my own clients are spending less time online. And I think it's so great. I'm excited to see. (laughs) One day, I think we're all going to say, wow, that was like all the people who started smoking in the 20s. Uh, Yeah. 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 We're going to have a Surgeon General's warning for the internet because I think it's been really dangerous. Well, there's a conference called Wisdom 2.0 that they hold out in San Francisco every year. And I haven't gotten out to the West Coast for this yet, but they um, had this event last year in New York City, and they're having it again this fall called Mindfulness in America. And they bring together leaders of the mindful movement. So Sharon Salzberg and John Kabat-Zinn, you know, all these mindfulness experts, but then they also bring the technology experts too. And Tony Fidel 
who was the inventor of the iPod, you know, remember that first thing where it was just for the music. And he also helped develop the first three generations of the iPhone. Mm -hmm. So this man is like the father of the iPhone. And he is saying they're addictive. There's issues with them. Last year, he's saying this and he's saying, you know, the platforms they need to be putting in ways to minimize it and to limit your time online. And he said, you know, I'm worried that my grandkids are going to be, yeah, you know, my grandfather's the one who ruined our society. (laughs) Yes. I kind of wonder about it. You know, it's crazy. But you know, Jen, let's talk about something that's crazy. I'm sitting in this auditorium with, I don't know how many hundreds of people listening to them. And this was not just from Tony Fidel. It came up again and again through the whole day about how addictive it is and how literally it's intentionally addictive, right? All those, Mm -hmm. the little notifications, you know, every time you hear that sound, it's giving you a dopamine hit. And with any addiction, the more dopamine hits you get, the more you want, the more you crave. And I'm sitting there and I thought, I have a very different relationship with my phone. My phone makes one sound. It's a nice little soft Zen chime, ding, if somebody's actually calling me to chat on the telephone. Other than that, I don't have any of those notifications. Right. That's awesome. That's so good. Well, there's an app for those with a smartphone that does have things. Of course, we turn the notifications off, but I just found out about an app called Moment. And it's a little time tracker. So you can program in how many hours you want to be on your phone a day or how many minutes or whatever. And it works really well for teens too. But as soon as you've gone over that time, it just starts notifying you, you're at this many minutes, you're at, and it's really cool. You'll be shocked how many, you know, mine was in the hours actually, because I have this online business, but I'm bringing it down, you know, I'd like it to get it into minutes. (laughs) Well, and as online business owners, it's really, you know, like we have to straddle that because, okay, I have this online business, so I have to be online. And yet I think Facebook just came out with something too, where you can, it will notify you how much time you're spending on Facebook, you know, and there will be more and more. I think there are more of the apps that are coming out with this, but I wrote this moment down. I like that. And I would just encourage everybody who's listening to maybe think about, hmm, could I turn off some of these notifications or could I get this moment app? I had a client once where I asked her if she could take seven days and turn off all her notifications, except for if somebody was actually calling her on the phone and she like, (gasps) it was too much. I said, okay, well, how about three days? Could you do three days? And she was like, I'll try. It was very interesting for her because she, the one she left on was not for the phone ringing. It was for texts. Oh, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which I did think was interesting because I see that so much with kids, with kids and young adults that, you know, they are texting so much more than they're actually having voice conversations. But to have, you know, a 50 or 60 year old woman saying, oh, no, you know, I'm going to leave the text on and turn the phone off, I thought was interesting. That is interesting. Huh. A 50 or 60 year old, because I could see it with a high schooler, but. hmm. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Well, so let's take a quick break for our sponsor, Stephanie, and then we're going to come back and talk about some of your favorite things, including your favorite life hack. This will be great. So my kids are no longer in diapers. Thank goodness. But if they were, I wish I had known about the Honest Company. The Honest Company cares about what you're using on and around your babies and 
They recently launched their brand new diapers with amazing leak protection. Now I say that, but really, these diapers hold 17 times their weight in fluid, but they're not made with anything strange or cancer-causing. Instead, they're made with sustainably harvested fluff, pulp, and other plant-derived materials. No chlorine processing, no latex, no fragrances, no lotions. And four out of five moms would recommend the new Honest diapers. And this is based on a blind test of 400 moms using all the Honest sizes. The best thing about Honest is their bundle options. The diapers and wipes bundle offers the best deal on a monthly supply of diapers and wipes, giving you $17 off each shipment. And the bundle gets delivered on a schedule that you control and can customize. If you have babies in diapers, listen up. They have created a Vibrant Happy Women listeners only deal of $25 off your first month's diapers and wipes shipment. And all you have to do is go to honest.com forward slash happy and use promo code honest at checkout. Again, go to honest.com forward slash happy. That's H-O-N-E-S-T dot com forward slash happy and use promo code honest to get $25 off your first diapers and wipes shipment. Hey friends, I wanted to update you on the seven day stop, drop and swap challenge I've been doing with JJ Virgin. In case you don't know, JJ Virgin is the New York Times bestselling author of The Virgin Diet. And her program has helped hundreds of thousands of women identify their food intolerances so they can eat what's right for them. I've been doing the seven-day stop, drop, and swap challenge well past seven days. I'm at three weeks now and have lost well over 10 pounds. And I love that I'm starting to identify I was actually reacting to some of these foods. Now, eventually I will go into what JJ calls phase two, where I add some of these foods back and see how my body reacts. But in the meantime, I'm just really happy. My skin is looking younger. I, of course, am losing the weight and I feel great and more energized. Now, I want to invite you to join me for the Stop, Drop and Swap Challenge by going to jjvirgin.com happy and you will get all the recipes, meal plans, trackers and support you need to swap out those seven foods most likely to cause food intolerance. Now, you can go for seven days, see how you feel and maybe keep going with me. I've been having a blast. So again, go to jjvirgin.com slash happy to join me. And let me spell that, jjvirgin.com slash happy. All right, welcome back. Stephanie, let's talk about your favorite things, starting with your favorite life hack. So I love that question. Thank you so much, Jen. My favorite life hack, I would say, is conscious choice. And it ties right back into my favorite quotes at the beginning of bloom where you're planted and most folks are about as happy as they make up their minds to be because it's you know it's come with years of experience and wisdom that when we live life with a conscious choice or at least for me it's like oh it's so much better it's not letting life happen to me you know which is I think how a lot of us do live where it's, you know, oh, okay, you know, this is happening and we feel like it's out of our control. And yet when we consciously choose to respond instead of react, like that is such a huge distinction between reacting and responding. We, science now, I'm so excited that, you know, science now proves that, you know, we have these old neurons, these neuron patterns in our brains, and it's our habits, our habitual behaviors. And we can start 
doing new neural patterns and they will become our new habits. So if the old pattern is, you know, this happens and I freak out, this happens and I freak out. Well, we start with this happens and I choose to take a breath instead. This happens and I choose to do the tapping instead. This happens and I choose to use essential oils on a regular basis to help me regulate my moods. Then we start building up those new neural pathways and that becomes the new habit. And so like, it's so exciting to me. They've done all kinds of research on this and they have fMRIs. I forget what the words stand for, but they're a scan of the brain where they can actually see, you know, when this is happening, what part of your brain is lighting up. And so simple studies, like they, you know, have two groups of people. One simply imagines that they're using their first, you know, their index finger and pulling on a spring. And they're just imagining, they're not actually moving their finger. And then the other group is actually pulling on the spring with their index finger. And a week later, they go and measure the muscle strength. And the ones who are only imagining it also have increased muscle strength in that finger just from imagining it. Wow, that's awesome. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, yes. There was another study about housekeepers at hotels, and they were all, for the most part, overweight. And they split them into two groups and they told half, you know, the one group, half of them that, well, do you know that by flipping these mattresses and, you know, all this physical labor, you're already getting as enough physical exercise as the government says you're supposed to. And they checked in with them, you know, some time period later, and those women had started to lose weight. And <laughs> there was no diet change. It was just the mind change. So wow. when we live with this conscious choice of, oh, I can create life as I want to, that, you know, I know that you have to live that way, Jen, because you are that vibrant, happy woman. Sometimes, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've got six kids, so most of the time, right? Yeah, <laughs> that was so funny. Well, you know, you mentioned all those 35 anxiety helping tools in your book, Goodbye, Anxiety, Hello, Freedom. Which one is your favorite? Ooh, I don't have just one favorite, uh, but if I can, I'll share one with your listeners that they can start doing right now. And it's so easy. I literally keep a tennis ball in my top drawer of my desk and I've got it now. And you can grab your water bottle or anything, probably not your phone because you don't want to risk breaking it, but something, even a water bottle where you can simply pass it back and forth from your left hand to your right hand and back and forth and back and forth. And when you do this and you're feeling any kind of stress or anxiety, you can start to slow things down, to calm things down. Because what's happening is as you're crossing the midline of the body, you're now activating both the left side and the right side of your brain. And so how simple is that? You can simply take a water bottle or a tennis ball or something else and toss it back and forth. And if you don't have, I can't imagine you wouldn't have anything near you, but if you don't, then take your two hands in front of you and swing one to the side and then swing the other to the side and keep coming back to that midline and it will start taking the edge off. Huh. So my whole philosophy is that when we do these small things, simple shifts create lasting changes. When we do these simple things through the day on a regular basis, when they become our wonderful new habits, then that stress and anxiety doesn't have a chance to get so big 
again, it's all about simple, simple, simple. Another one is to yawn, whether it's an actual yawn or, you know, a pretend yawn. If you go ahead and do it now, Jen and your listeners, if you just, what happens when you yawn is you're stimulating the vagus nerve, which is the longest nerve, the biggest nerve in your body. It goes from your brain all the way down into your gut and it encircles all of our organs. When we stimulate that vagus nerve, we're stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest system. Mm. So when I see clients, you know, I work exclusively online now. So when I see clients on screen trying to cover up their yawn, I'm like, oh, no, 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 yawn, let it out. It's very good. So like how simple are those things? Tossing a tennis ball or a water bottle back and forth and yawning. And yet I would invite, I never tell people what to do, but I would invite your listeners to play with one or both of them for the next seven days and notice how they feel. Yeah, yawning and passing the hands back and forth. So that's bilateral stimulation. But I've heard yes. walking is bilateral stimulation. Is that as It is. And it can be. I think my experience, because like for me, the walking becomes like a walking meditation. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think that for some reason, and I can't explain why, the hand-to-hand has a better effect on my emotions than just walking. And I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Like I can't say like, oh, science proves it. Yeah, right. Because your hands do things. It's not walking just second nature. I don't know. Makes sense though. Well, and it's interesting though, the walking meditation, like for some people, that's just like, oh, I did a retreat one time and had the women doing walking meditation and none of them liked it. They were all like, ah, I can't stand this, which to me just meant they needed to do it more. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's funny. um, Someone, you know, when people first start meditating, I've heard people say, oh, I can't sit still that long. And I realized you know, I can sit in a bath for three straight hours because it's just a giant meditation. <laughs> right. But I, I realized I had to really build up to that. And I never really realized I had built up to that and that that was abnormal. But yeah, that's, that's what we're shooting right. for, right? And that's what I would share with your listeners is, you know, if you don't have a meditation practice in place now, but you're interested and think, well, maybe I'd like to try, make it simple, like two minutes. Okay. There are wonderful apps. Here we are with the phone again, but there are wonderful apps for meditation. There are some that are paid, some that are free. Insight Timer is one that's for free. I have one meditation on there. And you can check from out for like, you know, okay, two minutes. I'm going to meditate for two minutes. You know, it doesn't have to be 20 minutes, right? That's what I was first exposed to. It was, you know, you have to meditate 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening. That was not going to happen. And it still doesn't happen. I don't do 20 minutes every morning and 20 minutes in the evening, but I meditate on a daily basis. Yeah, it's true. 10 minutes is great. I think five or 10, even any amount. Yeah. Breathing. Hey. (laughs) And 10 is like my sweet spot. 10 is really my sweet spot. Anything more than that. I did a a silent retreat once with Sharon Salzberg, and I didn't realize it was going to be a silent retreat. So (laughs) when I got there and found out, I was like, oh my gosh, that was really intense. But on a day-to-day basis, 10 minutes is my sweet spot. But if somebody doesn't have a practice place, even that 10 minutes might feel like it's way too much. So give yourself permission. Try two minutes. Yeah. And you know, you're bringing down that cortisol, that fight or flight hormone that gets so high in so many of us, just bringing it down a little every day like medicine. 
Right. And that's why talk about, you know, whether it's talking in my book or talking on podcasts and in speaking, it's about doing things on a daily basis. It's not, you know, waiting until I always go like on a zero to 10 scale, you know, zero is not at all, 10 is through the roof. If you're waiting until you're experiencing stress, anxiety, anger, frustration, any of that, if you're waiting until it's up at an eight, nine or a 10 to try and do something about it, it's going to be much harder than if you simply practice that's that conscious choice, daily practices that are very simple and easy to slide in here, slide in there, slide in here, slide in there. It certainly has allowed me to live the life that I really want to mm-hmm. instead of letting it happen to me. Exactly. Fitting it in, in the spaces we have. What's your favorite book? So I have so many different books, but if I have to choose just one, it's Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, because it's that conscious choice. It's about not letting fear define and control your life. So again, I've got tons and tons of books, but if I had to just pick one, I would say that's the go-to. Cool. I love that one too. And what does it mean for you to be a vibrant, happy woman? Again, it comes back to that conscious choice of living by conscious choice. I choose to be that vibrant, happy woman. And I am, you know, there are, I'm not going to say that there's times when I'm not feeling down or feeling anxious, but I don't spend much time there anymore because I literally, I have a friend whose husband is dying as we speak. And he says, life is precious. Don't waste a drop. Mm -hmm. And so I live that way. You know, there are times when life, you know, throws a curveball and it's going to, but like, all right, my husband and I have been married for 34 years now, and he's been through many job losses. And, you know, for the most times I would like freak out and, oh my gosh, you know, all the what ifs. And the last time he lost his job, he came home and instead of me freaking out, I had been meditating and essential oils and doing, you know, my self-care practices. And so instead of him coming home to a freaked out wife, he came home to a nice gentle hug and okay, we'll get through this together. You know, so it was life throwing us a curveball again. And I could have freaked out like I did when I was younger, or I could choose to say, okay, it is what it is. How do we go from here? Yes, that's great. I love that. Well, let's end with a challenge from you to our listeners, and then we'll say goodbye. So my challenge, my invitation would be to whether it's the ball toss, the hand-to-hand bilateral stimulation or yawning or simply doing two minutes of meditation, that for the next seven days, you begin to do one, two, three practices, simply committing to do that conscious choice, to consciously choose for the next seven days to begin putting those little moments of de-stressing, those little moments of getting present and relaxation. And then notice at the end of the seven days, notice how you feel. Another one would be gratitude. I start every morning with I writing in my journal, thank you, thank you, thank you, and writing at least three things that I'm grateful for. Because again, I'm setting my day up, consciously choosing to set my day up. When I start it in gratitude, it's only got one way to go and it's just going to get better. Yep, it's true. Really, really helps. Well, thank you. I love this advice. And I'm going to try the tennis ball one. I haven't done that one before. So Oh, excellent, Jen. And yawning, I've got that one down. (laughs) (laughs) With six kids, I'm sure you yawn a lot, Jen. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Stephanie. This was a lot of fun. It was fun. Thank you so much, Jen. Take care. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening and for taking this time to invest in yourself. It's the right thing to do because as you improve your life, increase your happiness and decrease your stress and cortisol, your kids will pick up on that. They will be more likely to model what they're seeing. So you're giving your kids, your loved ones, your friends, one of the greatest gifts you can give. So well done. I hope many of the things you learned in this episode will stick with you, that you'll begin to apply some of them. And also, I hope that you'll be back later this week when I share a happy bit. I want to share some really good news. I've been talking over the past several months. You've been hearing about the Vibrant Happy Women Club. You heard about it from Danielle in the beginning of this interview. And good news. Tomorrow, the Vibrant Happy Women Club opens for enrollment. That is Tuesday, October 2nd. It will be open for enrollment, but it won't be open long. It will not open again until next spring as well. So join us in the Vibrant Happy Women Club where we apply everything we're talking about in the podcast, everything the guests share, where we're applying it in groups of like-minded women who want to be their best selves, who are tired of feeling like they're running on a treadmill the treadmill of life, who are tired of feeling like they're in the deep end of the pool, just treading water. Look, the Vibrant Happy Women movement is about choosing the life that you want. Consciously choosing, just like Stephanie talked about in this episode, choosing to be that woman you want to be, to feel the way you want to feel. If you find yourself feeling stressed and exhausted and frazzled all the time, it doesn't have to be that way. I know this because I've changed my life from that. That used to be my pattern. I was tired and exhausted and stressed and impatient with my kids and yelling too much. And when I learned all the principles of living a vibrant and happy life, including some of those mentioned in this episode and all of the other things mentioned in past episodes and the things that are coming in future episodes, we talk about those things in the club in small groups where we hold each other accountable. And we shift upward, raising our vibration, our energetic frequency, our baseline threshold of happiness. We raise that together. Now, if a small group isn't your thing, the Vibrant Happy Women Club also has worksheets that you can fill out on your own, journal prompts about every episode, guided meditations you can do each week to lower your stress, to come back to your true authentic self and feel calm. We also have monthly activities and workshops where I teach you something new. I go deeper on something we talked about in the podcast or maybe even a completely different topic, depending on what I'm feeling like. And I guide you even further on that path of living as your most vibrant and happy self. In the end, the Vibrant Happy Women Club is about having an identity of saying to yourself, hey, I'm a vibrant and happy woman. And here are the things I'm going to do in my life to make sure that is true. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to write in my journal. I'm going to brush elbows and interact with other high vibe women. I am going to be her so that I can show my kids what it looks like to be the happiest version of me. And I know that when I do that, my kids are more likely to show up and be that person when they become adults as well. It's the greatest gift you can give. If you would like to join us in the club, Tomorrow, the doors open. All you have to do on October 2nd is go to vibranthappywomenclub.com 
and grab your spot. We would love to have you. Well, I will see you later this week with a happy bit. And I'll be back next week talking to the fantastic Carolyn Hauser Carter, all about raising your vibration, continuing with this theme of raising our energetic threshold to what we want it to be. We don't want to live in fear and anxiety or stress and overwhelm. We want to feel vibrant, happy, joyful, and loving. And that is our goal here through this podcast, through the Vibrant Happy Women Club, and beyond. Thank you so much for being a part of this and for listening. And I will see you later this week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Vibrant Happy Women Podcast at www.jenriday.com.